Him to dwell in. Can we create an atmosphere where He feels welcome in this place to come down in the midst of us, God? We know that You live in each one of us, God. We want Your presence and Your power to be mighty in this place today. We want You to do exploits among Your people today, Lord Jesus. Holy and righteous and mighty are You, God. Holy and righteous and mighty are You, God. You are the great God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You are the King immortal, eternal, invisible. You are the only wise God, the only wise King. You are our Savior and our healer and our deliverer. You are our shepherd, our shield and our defense. You are our strong tower, Lord. We worship You. We honor You. We worship and praise and glorify and magnify and lift up Your name. Oh, how much do You love the Lord this morning? Go ahead and tell Him how much You love Him. With the fruit of Your lips, give Him praise right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, give Him praise with the fruit of your lips right now. Lord, not just with our hearts, but with our mouths, O God. We lift up and magnify and glorify You, Jesus. We honor You, Jesus. Oh, God, that you would have your way in this place today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, oh, glory and praise and honor be unto you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Great are you, God. Great are you, God. Great are you, God. Great are you, God. Hallelujah. Can we just clap our hands to the Lord right Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, oh, hallelujah. Oh, that we could have a constant attitude of worship like that. Uh, Hallelujah, all the time, every second. Uh, Lord, I know I just told you a couple of seconds ago that I love you, but but could I tell you again that I love you? Lord Jesus, could I tell you again that you're worthy? I know I just said it a couple seconds ago. But Lord, I just want you to know that you're worthy again. You're always worthy. You're always mighty. You're always holy. You're always, oh God, the God that I trust in, oh God. My confidence and my faith is in you, God. For you're worthy. You're mighty, holy God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can't wait to hear us lift him up in praise. And I know we just told him, but... You ever feel like that? You just told somebody you love them and you just want to go tell them again? A second later? That's how we need to live. We need to just love Him. Just, God, I just love you. Amen. It would have been easy last night to focus on the storm. Would it? All the winds and oh my goodness, the trees are going to go down and all that kind of stuff, but... You know, we look at those guys in that boat that went to Jesus and said, don't you care that we perish? And we go, man, those guys are so unfaithful. They're just, man, I'd have never said that if I was in that boat. The truth is, yes, you would have. You'd have been the first one. Because we focus on the storm. We focus on what we see, not what he can do. Whew. The Lord wanted me to read this, Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he do that? Because it's his will. He's, he calls men. He called those prophets. They were just minding their own business in the Old Testament. He called them. Yeah, and he needed them for a little while. When he was done, he was done with them. 
They moved on. You know, we hear people in this world today, they want to talk about all these these, uh, these, these important people that made all these, you know, provided us with all this wisdom in the world, but we never hear about the world talking about the prophets and what they did and the prophetesses. Amen. So why did he do this? For the perfecting of the saints. Why, did it, why do we need to perfect the saints? Just keep reading. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. All of us. Not just certain ones. All of us. Of the Son of God in, unto a perfect man or human. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Don't you want to get there? To the, are we there yet? <laughs> Didn't you hate that? Mom, are we there yet? <laughs> We're not there yet. Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's still working on us. That's my prayer. A lot of times, Lord, continue to make me in your image. Continue to put the pressure on, mold me and make me. When you're molding something, you're pushing on it. You're putting, exerting pressure on it. I want the Lord to exert pressure on me, don't you? Don't just leave me lay there like a lump. Lord, please, mold me and make me into your image and into your likeness. However long that takes until, until I die, continue to work on me, God. Because he never reaches a point. Now, I don't really use the word never much. But I, don't, I believe the Lord never reaches a point where he's fully done with us. I believe that. You can believe that if you want. You don't have to. That's what I believe. So I don't ever want him to stop working on me, ever. And he's still perfecting me for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. So why are we here? Why are we here today? We come to be fed, right? So this is like a, a, like a, a pasture where you come to get fed, Right? Shepherds lead sheep to the pasture so they can eat themselves. He doesn't stand there and one at a time shove a spoonful of food in their mouth. Right? That's not how it works. Can you imagine that? <laughs> would wear a man of God out. I mean a shepherd. But we come here not only to be fed, but to be equipped. That's why we're here. If you don't know that, I'm telling you, we're here to be equipped. We need to come in here with the mindset of I'm coming in here to be equipped. Because, Miriam, you don't go to four years of college to learn how to be a meteorologist and then just walk out the door and say, well, there you go. I'm a meteorologist. I got my little piece of paper. What do you do with that? You go take, you create an interview and you go start applying at some, if you want to be a, a weather lady on TV or something, you go apply for a job somewhere and you take and put all that you learned to use, right? All that head knowledge doesn't mean a amount to a hill of beans, if the, as they say, until you put it to use. When they trained us in the army, they could we could have stayed in boot camp forever. God forbid. <laughs> but they were training us for a reason, so that they could equip us and prepare us to go out and do battle, not just talk about it. Not just watch videos on it, but actually go and do battle. Actually pick that weapon up and you're not shooting at a target now. You're shooting at somebody real. And they're shooting back. <laughs> and, we, and when we get equipped to go out there, the devil's not going to just let us go. He's, he's going to shoot at us. Why do you think we need that armor? Right. So we're in a war. It's a battle. It's a fight. And when you win a battle, you don't just sit back and go, well, there we go. <laughs> Where's the coffee pot? We don't do that. You've got to chase the enemy. You've got to run them down. Don't let them go back and regroup. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> We're just talking about exploring God's Word. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord wanted me to just read that. It was, I was praying, and he just put that in my mind, and so I felt like he wanted me to remind you all why we're here. I'm Me too. Me too. My goal is to teach a home Bible study. My goal is to see somebody's eyes open. My goal, personally, mine and my wife's, is to have that opportunity to do what I'm doing here at my kitchen table and to see eyes open. To be busy about my father's business. That's why he called us. The church in the first first century church never stayed in a building except to sleep. They were they went from house to house daily. They were a daily church. Daily church. Y'all don't have to get so quiet on me. Hallelujah. Exploring God's Word. So we're going to go back and just uh, kind of rehash real quick. So Israel was delivered out of Egypt. Type of our deliverance out of sin, right? Exodus 12, 12 and 13 says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn of Egypt, of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. He went after the gods that they were serving. Because they thought the sun god and the moon god and all the other gods would save them. But he was going to kill them too. And at the end of it, the people, even the Egyptians, were going to say, there's no god greater than the god of the Israelites. He was going to make sure that was the final deal. Because that's exactly what happened. All those soothsayers and all those magicians finally looked at Pharaoh and said, we can't do that. We can work some magic, but we can't do what he's doing. We can't. We, we, he's, he's bigger than we are. He's the mighty God. I am the Lord, and, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not... Be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. God's always going to protect his church, his people. The Egyptians were trusting the false and powerless gods of that day. And God just took that all away from them in a moment, in one night. If we as God's people, if they as God's people will just simply obey him and be covered by the blood... Natural and spiritual death will pass by. Amen? We're all going to die. We're all going to go in the ground. Unless we make the rapture, we're all going to die at some point. As our pastor keeps saying over and over, there's going to come a day where y'all are going to have a memorial service and I'm going to be gone. And y'all are going to talk about me and think about me for a couple of days and then it's going to be, you're just going to move on with your life. It's, it's, it's appointed unto man once to die. Amen. And then the judgment. So we, we talked about the tabernacle, the Old Testament tabernacle. If you could go to that slide on the tabernacle. The Old Testament tabernacle was the salvation plan of the, for the Old Testament Israelites. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Brother Ryan, if we could go to that slide on the tabernacle, please. Thank you. Hallelujah. The Old Testament tabernacle was the pattern in God's master plan to save all of his creation from spiritual death. The one on the bottom there, the the brazen altar, is repentance. The brazen laver that was filled with water where the priests washed, that's our washing in, in baptism. And then beyond that is the holy place and the holy of holies, and that's representative of God's presence, right? That was God's presence with, within Within that tent for Israel, they could, the priest would go in and the presence of God would come down and consume the sacrifice. Right? And the people of God had their sins pushed away for another year. Well, that, that upper part there represents our salvation through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. God coming to dwell in us. His Spirit. Amen? And so God didn't just make this stuff up as He went. 
He had a plan from the very beginning. That from the foundation of the world, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was from the foundation of the world. He was thought of before any of this. So he already had a plan, Sister Bell, to save you, to save your husband, to save me, to save my kids, to deliver me from the, the things that I was raised in. And I don't know why he picked me out of all my family members, but he's got a reason why. And I just want to believe, I just have to believe that in the last day, hard, the final push before the, the kingdom of God comes to a close on this earth, that my family is all going to remember that Vince just kept on sticking to that thing that he believed. And they're going to realize one day that, hey, he's got something because all this other stuff has just fallen through my hands. I can't hang on to it. And I'm just going to believe that they're going to all come make, be making phone calls or coming to me wanting to know more. I'm just going to believe that. So in the end, I'm going to get to teach a whole bunch of Bible studies to family. Because God still wants to save my mother at 84. He still wants to save my father-in-law at 85. He still loves them. He hadn't given up on them and said, well, they're too old. Let's go after somebody younger. That's not the way God works. He loves. He would that all men might be saved. He would. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Repentance, washing, and the indwelling of God's Spirit, both temporary and permanent. The temporary and the permanent are God's specific and only pattern of salvation. There is no other. I learned that a long time ago. I, I looked for salvation. I couldn't find it anywhere. I tried this. I tried what the Baptist said. I tried what the Catholic said. That didn't work. Baptist, that didn't work. Not to disparage them. It just didn't work for me. So I kept searching. Assembly of God. And God was taking me on a path. He didn't just throw it at me all at once. And when I came to this, I was ready. It was all, it was all she wrote. After I heard this and, and experienced baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, all bets were off after that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Hallelujah. And I still can't fully explain water baptism and how it works and all that, but I know it works. I don't need to explain it. I just need to tell you it works because something happened to me. And everybody notices it. Everybody. My family they all noticed it. They all thought I was in a cult for a while. Now they, they don't think they think that, but they still think, what happened to Vince? Well, one day they're going to find out. Amen. Acts 2, 38 and 4, through 40 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this underworld generation. And so God just took that, what we were talking about, the tabernacle, and he just took it forward to the day of Pentecost. And he essentially taught Peter Priest right out of the tabernacle plan. And we're a part of what happened on the day of Pentecost. We are a part of that today. It's still happening. The book of Acts didn't end. We're still living in the book of Acts. And so if the book of Acts church was supposed to go out house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people, then shouldn't that be what we should be doing? Isn't it? You can shake your head yes or no. That's up to you. Because it says this. It says right there that we need to seek out our own salvation in the book with fear and trembling. And part of your salvation has to be fulfilling the calling that God gave you. Because he gave everybody in here a calling. You can preach. You can teach. Preach. All preaching is is proclaiming. That's not this. That's what we call it. There's only one, The word pulpit only appears one time in the Bible. Did you know that? And it's not in the New Testament either. <laughs> so, it's our job. His job is to save them. And the Lord, in the, in the book of Acts, it says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Not the people, not the preachers, not the... No, the Lord added to the church. So they had to be out there doing something, getting them to the place where God could deal with them. Because no preacher filled me with the Holy Ghost, Sister Bell. 
I had to go to that altar and pray, but God did the work. All, all the people did was draw me to the place where it, where it was the right atmosphere, the right environment for God to do that. And He honored my faith. He honored my repentance. Knowing full well that I could turn around and renege on Him at any time, He still honored that and filled me with the Holy Ghost. And He's ready to do that to anybody that, that is, and they're hungry. They're, they're, they're dying for this. They want to know. They being those out there. So we, we're here to be equipped so we can go out there, right? The land of promise. Because God's people would not obey, they had to take the long and arduous way to get to the promised land. Next slide, please. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Numbers 20, verse 6 through 12. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather ye the assembly together. This is after all this went, they went through the Red Sea. They went through all this turmoil and watching their enemy die in the Red Sea and all this stuff. And God want, caused them to wander through the land for 40 years. Why did he do that? Because there was a generation that just didn't believe it. So he had to let them wander for 40 years so that generation could die off. Now, this generation was the new generation. They, were, they had experienced something totally different. And so this is God using Moses right here. And he says, Take the rod and gather your, you now the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak unto the rock. Notice there he said, Speak unto the rock. That, isn't that what it says? That's what I see. Before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water. Because they were complaining that there was no water, no food. And, they, you know, nobody in church ever complains, do they? Nobody in a job ever complains, do they? Pay is not enough. The boss is too mean. We don't. Lunchtime isn't long enough. Blah, 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 blah. The room's too hot. The room's too cold. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Right? We're always murmuring and complaining whether we realize we're doing it or not. And I ask the Lord sometimes if when I catch myself doing that, I start, I repent right immediately like, Lord, forgive me for that. Whatever I'm going through is by your will. Thank you for that. I must need that. I really must need to be going through this trial right now and help me not to complain and murmur about it. Help me to just be thankful for it. Because that's the kind of attitude that the people you're going to reach are going to need to see in you. And not just a put-on kind of thing, but real. They need to know that you really sincerely mean that. That That's how you live. He told them to speak to the, speak to the rock before their eyes. And it shall be uh, give uh, forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So shalt thou give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod before the Lord and his, as he commanded him. He just told him to grab his rod. He didn't tell him to do anything else with it. Just grab the rod and go before the people. And that, that could be a whole other Bible study, why he told him to take the rod versus not. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Wow, he called the church rebels. Well, I mean, sometimes that's what we are. We're a bit rebellious. We want our own way, don't we? Everybody here should say amen to that. Here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Do we have to do everything for you? Is that what he's saying? Now we got to get water out of a rock for you? My goodness, we led you out of the land of Egypt. My goodness, he, the Lord gave you manna to eat. Oh my, I mean, just come on, people, quit murmuring. That's what he was saying. That's how I read it, okay? That's how I read it. 
And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Y'all notice something kind of weird there? God just told him to speak to the rock, and what did he do? He just said, well, I think this works, because this rod worked before. So I'm going to use my rod, because it worked pretty good, God, so I'm going to try it this way. And God, in his love and mercy... And it says, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. He wasn't going to punish the whole congregation for the disobedience of one man. He was going to go after that man. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, because you believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. You know, if God tells you to go to that door and knock on it, if he tells you to go go across the restaurant and speak to that person that's sitting by themselves, if God tells you don't don't you don't want to just say, "Well, I don't want to do that, God. I don't I don't feel good or whatever. They don't they are they're ugly or whatever." That'll that'll make me feel weird. I'll feel embarrassed. If God's sending you over there, if God's sending you to that door to knock on that door, if God's telling you teach that person right there a Bible study, you need to go do it. Just do it. Don't worry about how it feels. Don't, don't, don't try to say, well, God, what if I make a mistake? That didn't work for Moses, did it? <laughs> but God, why are you sending me? I, I, I can't talk very well. It's human nature. God's going to tell you to do stuff that you and your natural mind are going to go, that doesn't make any sense. God, why wouldn't you do it this way? Because this way is more comfortable for me, God. Why wouldn't you do it this way? So God took the people of Israel, took them out of Egypt, took them through the desert, the wilderness, and took them through all that mess and that's why way life feels sometimes, doesn't it? You just feel like you're just going through turmoil one day after the next. Is it ever going to end, God? Well, they finally get to the red. They they finally get to the Jordan River. Just like God said, Moses, you're not going across. And so, God had to appoint somebody to be the leader. And it, that that fell on Joshua. That mantle fell on him. And so in Joshua 1, verses 1 through 11, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I gave, give to them, even to the children of Israel. He promised them he was going to give them the promised land. And here they were. That day finally came. Chester Wright preached a message at a men's conference in D.C. one time called, When Someday Becomes Today. Someday, the Lord's going to come. Someday, we're going to experience the rapture. Someday, you ever say that? Someday is going to become today before you realize it, before you ever think, before you can even think about it. Someday is going to become today. Like, I just turned 63. It's like, what? Something not right here. I should not be this. Who is that guy in the mirror, right? That's not the 40-year-old guy I know. Who is that guy? (laughs) (laughs) Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. God keeps his promises, doesn't he? God keeps his promises. From the wilderness of this and this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and under the great sea toward the, the going down of the sun shall be your coast. You shall not any man be able to there shall not be able any man to be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I am as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't matter who the man of God is that God puts in front of us. You still need a man of God to be saved. You still need a, you still need a pa- apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, don't you? 
And those people out there need them too, don't they? So God's going to use you in one of those five-fold ministry roles in their life. Do you believe that? You need to believe that. God's equipping us right here, right now in this service and through all these Bible studies. We're not just going through the motions here, folks. God's equipping us. Amen? Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swore unto thy, their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to the law. Just follow the law. If you'll just follow the law, for that time it was the, Mo, the Mosaic Law, 613 rules and laws, and then the Ten Commandments and other, you know, sacrificing and all that kind of stuff going on. All you have to do is just follow the law and everything will be fine. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. How many don't want to prosper? How many don't want to prosper? Just somebody somebody join me in that, would you? No? <laughs> I'm just setting my hand up as an example. Trying to get you to... Come on, work with me here. Nobody raised their hand. Good. Hallelujah. I want to prosper. That doesn't mean I want to become rich and wealthy and famous. I want to prosper in God. And What better way to prosper in God than to do what he's calling you to do? To teach a Bible study to somebody, to lead somebody to that place where he can save them. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate thereon day and night, and thou mayest, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be ye dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever Thou goest, if he sends you to teach a Bible study, he's with you. He was with Moses. God didn't change his mind. He didn't change his way of doing things. He was with Joshua when he spoke to the people. He gave that man, some, somehow or another, he gave that man holy authority so that the people would listen when he spoke. And so we, as Holy Ghost filled, water baptized people, we have that same authority and power dwelling right in here. And you can speak things without yelling and screaming at people. You can speak authority because you've got that authority in living in you. And people will listen. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, they had officers. They had leadership. They had rank structure, if you will. Right? Pass through the host and command the people, saying, prepare ye victuals. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in and to possess it, the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. So they crossed over. All of a sudden they were just, it was like, oh, is this trip ever going to end, Mom? Are we there yet? Right? And all of a sudden here they are crossing the Jordan River. And wasn't that awesome? The priest took the Ark of the Covenant and they lifted it up. And as soon as that first priest's foot Touched down in that Jordan River, the, the waters went same like it did with the Red Red Sea. And he crossed over on dry ground. Awesome. As soon as they got over there, the manna ceased. God took them into a new direction. Anybody ever feel like God wants to take you in a new direction? He doesn't want you to be stuck in the same old, same old? I mean, come on, we don't do cassette tapes anymore, do we? Right, we don't do. We don't, I don't have an eight track in my truck. Well, I'd love to have one. Those were awesome, but we don't do those anymore. CDs are even kind of going by the wayside. Everything's digital. I'm still glad. You know, I watch those horse and buggies going down the road, but I'm I'm so very thankful that I'm sitting in a truck with a V8 engine in it, and air conditioning and heat. Because <laughs> maybe I'm just spoiled, but. God bless them if they want to live that way. <laughs> I just, you know, we don't, we don't, we do things different now. We need to espouse that about other stuff that we do. 
Not to break away from what this book says. Where is it? We still got to stick to everything in this book. But our methods need to change. Right? Can't reach people today like you used to 40, 50 years ago. Joshua challenges them to rededicate their covenant relationship with God. They finally crossed over. Don't forget about your relationship with God. Yeah, God's brought you this far. Yeah, God's delivered you. Now, don't get, don't get on the other side of the Jordan and get comfortable and start relaxing because he's still got a job to do. There's still people that they had to defeat. God was still sending them into battle. And yes, God does fight the battle for us, but that doesn't mean we don't go into battle. You still go into battle. You still got to pull your sword out and fight, but he's going to subdue the enemy in front of you. Amen? Joshua 24, 13 through 15. And I have given you the land for which you did not labor. Wow. And cities for which you did not build. And ye dwell in them. Of the vineyards and the olive yards which ye planted not do ye eat. God's going to give us stuff we didn't even lift a finger to get. He's going to give us souls. There's been people in this city that have heard this gospel over the last however long this church has been here. And they haven't come yet. But somebody has gone forward and ahead of us has planted seed, planted seed, planted seed, planted seed. And some plant, and some of that seed's been watered. We've been watering it with prayer every Tuesday. All the prayer that's gone out of this building, prayer, 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 prayer. We've been watering and plowing, right? But God gives the increase. God's going to give the increase. It's coming. Sure as I'm standing here, it's coming. I don't know if I'm prophesying or not, but I'm telling you, it's coming. All of a sudden, the last few months, I've been feeling such a strong urge to pray for backsliders. I don't know why, but God must be telling me to do that. Because I believe backsliders are coming back. And it's not going to just be one or two. They're going to come in here in droves. And what are we going to do? Well, pastor, we need you to teach them all the Bible studies. Because we just, you know, that ain't going to (laughs) work. What did Moses' father-in-law tell him? You're going to wear yourself out, son. You need to get you some elders and some leaders to, to handle some of this minor stuff. That's what everybody in this room is here. Everybody in this room can teach a Bible study. Everybody in this room has a testimony. Right? You don't have to worry about how am I going to teach a Bible study. Just start talking about the Lord. I'll never forget when we moved into uh, on Kinzer Air, Kinzer, uh, Camp Kinzer in Okinawa. We They put us in these high-rise apartment buildings. And I'll never forget standing in this lady's door that was right next door, my next door neighbor, sort of like a corner like this. And I must have talked for, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to this lady. And when I got done and she closed her door and I went back in the apartment, my wife looked at me like, where did that come from? (sighs) Honestly, I don't know. But I was just flowing. And I, I can't remember if she ever come, but the Lord just let me just, you know, all it started with was just me talking about my testimony, and it just kind of went from there. So just let God use you. Just let him flow through you. Just don't worry. What did he say in the New Testament? Don't don't be concerned about what you're going to say. He'll give you what to say at the moment that you need it. If you're hiding this word, here we go again. If you're hiding this in your heart every day, if you're reading it, if you're studying it, if you're looking at the same scriptures over and over, Memorizing or not memorizing, it's still in there. And when you need that, it'll be in there. If you got money in the bank, when it's time to draw it out, it'll be there. So it's important to know this. And that's what we're trying to do with people when we're teaching them home Bible study. Right? We're not just trying to get them in the church, get them to join the church. We're trying to get them to a place where God can fill them with the Holy Ghost and, and baptize them in Jesus' name, and then we can begin to deti- disciple them so that they can go do what we're doing. 
That's how we got here. Right? Somebody loved people enough to talk to you and me and some of us in here that weren't raised in church. Somebody loved God enough to pray and to seek God and to come and teach us a Bible study and drop a word in our hearts. Somebody loved us enough. We need to love them enough. Don't they deserve salvation? None of those 51,000 people in the cross right now deserve to go to hell. None of them. That's not our, our, that's not our choice. That's not our decision. We don't get to judge that. He's the righteous judge. Our job is to just proclaim the gospel. Take it out there. If they don't want to hear it, move on to the next one. At least they heard it. If they decide what to do with it and they don't want it right now, that's their decision. At least you did your job. But sooner or later, you're going to, and you're going to run into more hungry people, I believe, in the last days, and you ever, you're, going to, you're just going to blow our minds. How many believe that? It's going to blow our minds, folks. We got to be ready. I am. Clock's going really slow, so the Lord must be having mercy on me because I just feel it's going and going. Hallelujah! There were they were commanded to make peace where possible, but they were also commanded to subdue the wicked cities. And God gave them cities. Don't you think God can give us buildings and people? There's a people group here in this city called Hmong people. Don't you think God can give us the Hmong people in this city? You might be the one. I'm not going to look at anybody in particular, but you might be the one that God sends to talk to that one Hmong person at your job or wherever it is. And all it's going to take is that one person... To get revelation of who God is and to get revelation and to receive this salvation. And it's going to be like the floodgates are going to open. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to go tell their family. Look what just happened to me. Wouldn't that be awesome? Isn't that, I should say it like this, Brother Becker. Isn't that going to be awesome? Let's speak faith today. How about that? Isn't that going to be awesome when that happens? There's a whole slew of Hispanic people in Sparta. And I just, I don't know what it is. I just feel like, man, wouldn't that be awesome? That would just be so, it's going to be. Because God's going to do it. Because he sent us there to pray over that city. And you know what? We don't see results yet, Brother Becker. That doesn't mean God's not working. I can't go by what I see. I have to trust what God's doing. I just have to keep praying. Just keep praying. Just keep pleading the blood over that city. Just keep praying. God will work it out. God, you know, we're, we're doing our best, the best we can, going from house to house the best we can. Israel had success in battles for a time, but after Joshua's death, there was strong, no strong leadership that stepped in to fill that vacuum. God forbid that we don't have strong leadership to fill the vacuum. I'm looking at everybody in this place. Every one of us is leadership. We are. You got the same Holy Ghost I got, sister. No reason you can't. You got the same authority that I have. You got the same authority that Peter had when he walked through the crowd and his shadow, just people under his shadow, just were healed. We got that same authority. We do. Don't look at me like that. We have that same authority. To command sicknesses to be gone, to command growths to fall off. We got that authority as Holy Ghost filled, water baptized people. We have that authority to command devils. You got to think about that. Joshua 2 10 through 23. And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, the gods of the people, around about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. 
and they forsook the Lord and served Balaam and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers and spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. All because they just said, I don't want to do what God wants me to do. I want to do what I want to do. If you want to put it in today's parlance, that's exactly what they said. I don't like following God's rules. I like going and doing what I what makes me feel good. And we can do that in the church. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. And we we're moving into the book of Judges because that's why it's called the book of Judges because in verse 18 of that same scripture says, And when the Lord raised them up, judges, then the Lord was with, with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the, of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason <coughs> of them that oppressed them and vexed them. Even though God sent them into that bondage, he didn't want to. I didn't want to have to punish my son, Sister Parker. When I did, but I, there was times I just had to, and it felt I, it hurt me, it bothered me. I didn't want to take away their liberty and their freedom, but I had to do it because I knew, as a father and as a parent, that was for their own good. And if and if that's the if that's true in the natural, then that's true in the spiritual. And sometimes God's going to let us go through some stuff, and we're going to feel like that we're in bondage. We're going to feel like that we've just been had the rug just literally pulled right out from under us. Like what in the world, God? I've been, I've been serving you. I've been loving you. I've been. What? Why is this happening to me? Anybody besides me ever felt like that? But, but we cannot fear. We cannot fail. We cannot turn from God when things get tough. It just seems so. It's just. Couldn't they just simply follow God? And that, that wasn't the first time that happened. That Israel drifted away from God and God had to take them and correct them. Take them into bondage. The ones they were supposed to defeating were now taking them into bondage. Kind of like sheep having no shepherd. They got to kind of start wondering, didn't they? That's what it says in Matthew 9, 35 and 36. And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. What if we could do like Jesus did? Oh, wait, we can. He went where? All the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing the sickness of every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... Here's where we need to be, right here. He was moved with compassion on them. The multitudes are this right outside there. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. No, we need a shepherd. I already said that. We need a, we need a pastor. We need a man of God in our life. But that doesn't, that doesn't give us... The out to just not study the Word of God. Well, I'll just get it when I come to church. I'll just get fed when the pastor's preaching. No. Right? You need to know this. You need to know this. Not just Acts 2.38. Not just the basic stuff. We need to, we need to be in, engulfed in this thing. Because I don't know about you, but there's been revelation that God showed me over the last 30 years... It's just been gradual, one little bit at a time. But I don't want to ever, him to ever stop giving me fresh revelation of what's in this book because he hasn't showed me everything that's in this book. I've read it hundreds of times, but he hasn't given me revelation of what some of it means yet. But when he knows I'm ready for it, he'll open my eyes and let me see it. But it's not going to happen if I just stop reading that book, stop trusting him and having faith in him. He's not going to give us exceptions to the rules. 
Israel had Saul, David, and Solomon as great kings. They were three pretty good kings. Saul was okay for a while, but then he started going his own way, doing his own thing, and that's what got him in trouble. David the same way. David got his eyes off, off of the kingdom and got his eyes on a woman and did whatever he could to get that woman to the point of murdering somebody, sending a guy into battle to die so he could have that. And, you know, God knows. <laughs> what did he, he sent a prophet, and they, they really revered and, and they feared the prophets. When that prophet stood in front of David and told him that little story, and David said, "Oh, if I was, if I was, that was me, I'd kill that dude. I'd just wear him out." And God and the prophet turned around to him and said, "Thou art the man. You're the man I'm talking about. So you didn't get away with anything, David. We're not going to get away with anything." And but God allowed these men to have all of these problems. He still honored him. He still loved him. David, the lineage of Jesus Christ was through David's seed. That doesn't that doesn't stop David from making mistakes. Doesn't stop us from making mistakes. We got the same blood on us. Doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. God understands that. He knows we're flesh. Right? We're not perfect yet. But we're trying to be. We're doing the best we can, Sister Bell. I'm doing the best I can. I still make mistakes, and I'm diligently trying to do the best I can, and I still mess up. But God's faithful, and He forgives, and He has mercy. And in spite of all the mistakes that we make, God still, His kingdom still goes forward. So we can encourage ourselves. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. And so God sent prophets like Ezekiel and Daniel and and he, after he took the people of Israel, you know, and, the, and I wanted to back up real quick, the, the kingdom of Israel got divided, didn't it? Because of the decisions of a king. Some things went down, and so ten of the tribes went north, and the other